This is the ears, nose, throat, or ENT portion of your physical assessment, PowerPoint, and lab expectations. Also, don't forget to look over your lab rubric as it is also detailed as far as the things that you need to look for during this head-to-toe assessment checkoff. As you move from head to toe, make sure you look at your patient's head. Okay. Note the size of your patient's head. Is it symmetrical? Are both sides the same shape? Do you notice um, any variations? As you're looking at your patient's face, you can also inspect the eyes. As we're inspecting the eyes, we're looking for perla. Perla is defined as pupils are equal round, reactive to light, and accommodating. So what does this mean? As we think about our pupils, I'm going to show you a quick slide. Normally most people are around a two or three as far as their pupil size, their millimeters even up to a four. Right, so we're looking at the pupil. Are the pupils the same size in each eye? Are they round? Do they react to light? When a bright light shines into the pupil, okay, we're gonna use our pen light, the pupil should constrict to reduce the amount of light that enters in. Versus when it's dark or when a light is not being directly introduced into the pupil, the pupil's going to be a little bit larger, okay? So our pupil should be, our patient's pupil should be equal, round, reactive to light, and accommodating. Accommodating is when the pupils constrict when looking at a near object and dilate when looking at a far object. One way you can do that is with your pen light, bring it all the way to the patient's nose and then take it way back and look to see, do their eyes accommodate? We also want to check ocular movements. If you look here on this slide, you can see we have these six cardinal fields of vision. We want our patients to look up, then to the top right, then to the kind of just over to the right, then bottom right, then down, and all the way around. By making sure that a patient's able to have these six cardinal fields of vision without any nystagmus. Nystagmus is when the, um, you see the, eye, the patient's eyeballs um, or people's kind of twitching back and forth. Um, it's an involuntary rhythmic eye movement or either strabismus, which is when the eyes are crossed, okay? So you want to make sure they can do those six cardinal fills of vision without having any sort of um, eye movements that aren't coordinated, All right? So they should be able to do that with coordinated eye movements and you should notice that that is smooth and flows well. As we're assessing the eye, we also just want to look, do we see any discharge, any redness or edema? any crusting or nodules or lesions? Are the eyes symmetrical? Remember the pupils, are they symmetrical? Think about our anatomy and physiology, the conjunctiva. Is there um, any color variations? This is where conjunctivitis, we see this, right? There you wouldn't see redness, perhaps. Let's look at the color. Is there any lesions or discharge? What about the sclera of the eye? Do you notice any jaundice? Is it pale, is it red? The cornea should be shiny and smooth. You shouldn't see any cloudiness or lesions. The pupil of the eye, again, we remember Perla. And we're also checking for that symmetry between the two eyes. And another question you need to ask yourself is, does this client use assistive devices? Are you looking at contacts in this patient's eyes? Does this patient have glasses? Has this patient perhaps had surgery to correct vision? These are questions that you will need to ask.
let's think about abnormal eyes. Does this slide make your eyes itch? It does mine. So let's think about some different ones. We have hemorrhage. Right? You see the blood here in the conjunctiva. We have some discharge. Some yellow discharge, yellow or green discharge. Looks like there's also a little bit of redness here in the conjunctiva of the eye. Look at this right here. This is an example of a cataract. You see this cloudiness. We have a sty on the top of this eyelid. More redness, conjunctivitis type redness. Generally, you're going to see some drainage from the eye, whether it's clear. Sometimes there's allergic conjunctivitis. You may just have teariness or bacterial conjunctivitis. Um, you generally start to see that discharge. This patient is a great example of jaundice. And then look at this patient here on the bottom here. Do you see some asymmetry here? One eye is not symmetrical with the other. As we do that head-to-toe assessment, and we're starting at the head and we're working down, we've assessed our patient's eyes, don't forget your skin assessment. If you can combine all of these at once, that's really beneficial. Um, especially as you start to advance, we will require that. If you need to check off individually this coming week, you may, but you need to start thinking about putting this together to do a true head-to-toe assessment. So as I'm assessing hair, and as I'm assessing skin, as, and I'm assessing head symmetry, I'm also assessing the patient's eyes. I'm also assessing the patient's ears. Again, we go back to symmetry. Are the ears symmetrical? What about the shape? Is there any um, discharge? What do they look like? Is there any tenderness? You want to palpate the um, pina of the patient's ear. A lot of times, um, if a patient has otitis externa or swimmer's ear, they'll have pain when you palpate here. Okay, make sure that you're noting any discharge. A basic hearing test can be as easy as a little snap or a whisper, right? You can whisper to your patient. Look at that ear canal. Do you see anything around it, outside of it? Again, discharge, any sort of maybe um, malformations of the ear. Are the ears the same on both sides? Symmetry. Here's some examples of a normally developed ear and an abnormally developed ear. A lot of times, um, babies um, or children that are born with fetal alcohol syndrome will have abnormally shaped ears. Right, this is very common. They don't. They you notice here how flat his earlobe is going in. That's a sign of fetal alcohol syndrome. Always check for tenderness. Right, and note any discharge. You note the discharge here, yellow discharge. Right? And if you note here, there's an abnormality with this patient's ear canal. It's not open as it should be. Right? You would want to look at the other side and see is there any sort of um, consistency there, or is it just one ear? And make sure you document. Now let's talk about assessing our patient's nose. We're going to inspect each nares, okay, two little holes, right, for symmetry. Are they the same size? Sometimes they're not. Sometimes one is a little smaller than the other. Patency, that means are they open? You can have your patient do a sniff test. Occlude one side, have them sniff. Occlude the other side, have them sniff. Is there any discharge? Is it red or bloody? Serosanguinous is like a bloody mixture of blood and pus. Is it clear discharge? Is it yellow or green discharge? 
Is there any inflammation or swelling? Do you notice that the patient's um, septum is deviated? That's the long part of your nose. Is it, is it deviated a little bit? We'll look at it here in a second in a picture. You want to do a sniff test. This is part, the sniff test on either side is also part of the cranial nerves, which we'll get into a little bit later on this semester. But again, including one side. Look for any obstructions. You can use your pen light. You may see polyps in your patient's nose. They appear to be gray or white, and they're fixed and glistening in the nasal cavity. Assess the patient for difficulty breathing. Do they report difficulty breathing? Do you see their nares flaring in and out as they breathe? Are they using any sort of assistive devices? Like, do they have oxygen on? Those are things that you want to assess. And it's really important when you think about assessing the nose, um, both from a respiratory standpoint, but also this patient may need a nasogastric tube, which is put down the patient's nose. And as we talk about that in more depth here in a few weeks, we'll talk about doing that nose assessment and why it's so important to pick the side that is patent and clear. So here's some examples here of noses. A normal septum, as you see in this picture, is straight, whereas a deviated septum is going to be a little angled or curvy. So for instance, back to that nasogastric tube example, if I'm trying to insert a straw-like tube into this patient's nose and they have a deviated septum, it is going to be very, very difficult. This man here has a deviated septum. Look at the nares on this man. His septum's deviated and you can tell one side is not as patent as the other. Bottom left picture is a picture of nasal polyps, should be identified by using your pen light. Again, this is a massive um, obstruction that would make it very difficult if we had to insert any sort of airway or nasogastric tube into this patient's nose. And then we have discharge. Okay, remember, discharge can be bloody, it can be mucus, pus, but some sort of discharge we want to make sure we note.